Welcome back to Six Borough Wrestling Podcast. I am the Cross County Kid, the mouth of the South Hudson, the segment stealer, the headliner from Hawthorne Avenue. And no, Lockwood Rathorispo is not with me today. Lockwood is down in Florida. He says it's for a soccer podcast, but I believe he's down looking at retirement homes so he could retire with The Undertaker, who should have retired years ago. But we got SummerSlam coming up this Sunday, and there was no way we weren't do- putting out a show this week. So, to my left, welcome back to the show, the professor, Marty Mosier. Welcome back, sir. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we... Couldn't go a week without hearing Rouse ramblings, so we had a segment recorded last night where we picked our top five SummerSlam moments, as well as our predictions for this year's SummerSlam. So before me and the professor get to our predictions and his top five SummerSlam matches of all time, let's hear the segment from last night with me and Ralph. So bear through it. Here is Lockwood Rafferispo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Cross County Kid, the mouth of the South Hudson, the headliner from Hawthorne Avenue, the segment stealer. And I am here remotely speaking to Mr. Lockwood Rafferispo in Miami, Florida. Ooh, yeah, you Chico. There, Ralph? Ooh, yeah, Chico. I'm here. Oh, how's it going out there, Ralph? Say hello to the bad guy. Uh, it's either that or I think you went to Florida to join the retirement home with the Undertaker down there. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, having a good time out here, and we're we're getting ready for this big game down here, so... We're having a lot of fun, but uh, I had to take some time out to chat about SummerSlam, man. It's it's happening. It's happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some soccer going on, but SummerSlam's still coming, baby. It's still heating up, baby. It's still the hottest show of of the summer. You know that. It is. So so it's still the hottest show in the summer, but uh, Raw and SmackDown, that's another start. (laughs) Despite the shitty Raw and SmackDown showing. Yeah, that that was a little spark at best. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, luckily, luckily for you, luckily for you, once again, I didn't see either show. So, oh, well, that's good, Ralph. <laughs> even though this is when you, I, you have an excuse not to watch them, but even when you don't don't have an excuse, you still don't watch it. Exactly. It's okay. It's all right. The lube is the lube is coming on next week, so God, you know. God help, he's us, got, all. He's got, God help us all. He's dude. got he's got some shit for you. We we've been talking. God help us all. Uh huh. All right. Anyways, so you're gonna you are gonna watch SummerSlam from where on Sunday? I'm actually gonna be in Ann Arbor, Michigan, watching SummerSlam with one of my buddies from the 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 soccer podcast that I do. We're all big wrestling fans, also. So I'll be okay. watching it. I'll be watching it live from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thumbs up, like uh, McFoley would give, and uh, <laughs> cheap, a little cheap pop. But yeah, yep. I'll, be, I'll be over there. We'll be we'll be watching. Um, um, might have some like video content for, you know, our, our Twitter account or whatever we just whenever we decide to get a uh, YouTube going. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I'll definitely be able to record some audio with him and my other guy, Marco. 
uh, my buddies Kenny and Marco. They're big wrestling fans too, so I'm gonna get some some stuff for them for the show. But uh, you know, I'm trying to keep it a little quiet here because uh, it's 11:45 at night and everyone's sleeping in this house. So just trying to. Okay. That's why I'm. Uh, oh. that's why I'm a little low right now. Otherwise, I'd be more uh, more you know excited about this. But I am very excited about SummerSlam and uh, about talking about our favorite SummerSlam matches too, bud. That's right. Oh, so so you're saying we we can't act rowdy like we usually do on the show? Oh, come on! I'm on I'm on vacation, man. <laughs> okay, but you know, uh, let, let me see. I could probably get under your skin enough for you to get a little loud. So I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. Uh-huh. All right. So before we get to some uh, predictions for this year's SummerSlam, uh, maybe we'll, we'll throw some money down too. I know, I know uh, Tommy out there is. My, I think he's. I think he's scared to bet you or something. I even I mentioned it on Facebook and uh, he didn't respond to either comment. I commented why, twice. About why, why would he be scared to bet me? I beat him last time. I, he, he beat me last time. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's a little tight on money. I don't know. We'll have to find out. I'll, I'll talk to him. I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get his predictions and then I'll compare them to yours and uh, we'll see what we can do. Why don't we try to set up like a prediction league of some sort? We'll try to set that up on Six Bro Wrestling. I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll work on that a little bit on my flight to Michigan. How's that? We'll yeah, figure yeah. out a way to get like a league going. We'll get my my predictions, yours, the lube, the professor, and Tommy's. We'll see how like we we all do. How's that? All right, sounds good. All sounds right. good. So, maybe we, but before each throw, each throw like twenty bucks in the pot or something like that. That that'd be cool. yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah why not? Yeah. Why not? Sure. So uh, before we get to uh, this year's SummerSlam. You know, we, we talked about past summer slams and, you know, instead of doing a whole show about it, I, I figured, you know, Which do the best we can, <laughs> yeah. to do the best we can, maybe pick our top five matches in SummerSlam history. Yeah. So kind of defend it a little bit. See, see how our list compares. So well, how about we go? How about we go? You, me, you, me with, with like five from five down to one. All right. All right, so there you go. So uh, I'll let you start there since you're the guest of honor here. You graced us with your presence tonight. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I did, and I'm actually prepared. Oh, okay. All right, so you get what's your number five? Okay, match. My number five match. I'm thinking might be your number one match. Okay. I'm going Bret Hart Undertaker, 1997. Okay, that's not my number number one, but okay, okay go ahead. Okay. But th- 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 there's my there's my number five. What's your number five? My number five is the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. Okay, all right. Jesse so, the Jesse the Body is the ref. So, so that was so my. So your 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 number five is the first main event uh, of SummerSlam history in 1988. Mine is yes. the main event uh, nine years later in 1997. Uh, where Bret the Hitman Hart regained the WWF championship for the fifth time as Shawn Michaels uh, counted the three after hitting Taker with the chair uh, by accident after being spit on by Bret Hart. Um, And that launched what would be the Montreal Screwjob and what would become the Attitude Era. Um, And and that's my number five. Hey, you you would hit. You would try to take a swing at Bret Hart if he hocked a loogie like that in your face. I uh, know. I mean, Bret Hart hocks some really good. Those Hart boys hock, <laughs> can hock some loogies, yeah. can't they? No, I, 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 I put that in my top five because, you know what, uh, that was when I really, 
really got into wrestling. My brother got me into it, and I remember watching that main event. And you know the the whole Miss Elizabeth taking her skirt off to the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan shaking hands outside the ring because oh, yeah. their plan yeah. worked. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Macho Man slamming Jesse's Ventura's uh, number three countdown. Oh yeah, yep. So <laughs> and Andre and Andre Bobby and and uh, Ted DiBiase all with the same look on their face and Jesse the body. They didn't know what the hell to think. So <laughs> they oh, didn't yeah. know what to think or what to do. It was great. That was the best. So. Yeah, well, that That's in my top five. That was the top five for sure. Well, I tell you what, a sentimental value stuff definitely got into my list too because my number four okay. is a good segue. My number four is Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior versus Sergeant Slaughter, Colonel Mustafa, and General Adnan with Sid Justice as the special guest referee. Um, which, what was your number four? From 1991, by the way. What was your number four? Okay. All right. So, that match almost didn't happen. No, nah, it didn't. It almost didn't happen. What was your number four? Four was perfect. Ninety okay. one okay. for the Intercontinental okay. title. So yeah, I picked yeah, I, that was my number four, but I'm sorry, so I picked I picked Ho- I picked that? the Hogan Warrior match made in hell in ninety one for um because of like you said, sentimental value basically it was my first SummerSlam. It was the first main event, it was the first real big match I got to see Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior on the same team after what I would find out later that they they you know feud with each other in ninety for the title and all that. And then the whole thing with Slaughter turning on America and throwing that fireball in Hogan's face on Superstar or, or after WrestleMania and and watching that on Superstars and then it all coming together with, you know, Sid Justice in the middle of it. I think that was, uh, you know, the mystique of the warrior. Where did he go? Where, where did he disappear to? You know, all that. Just like like that whole pay-per-view for me is, is very sentimental. And I, I always regard it as one of the best best uh, SummerSlams I've ever seen because it just launched my wrestling fandom. Okay. Yeah. I, I picked that match because um... – and Mr. Perfect, you know, tore it down as they always did for matches in the future as well. And it launched Bret Hart's singles career, his first title win. And, you know, like I said, it just kind of was the groundwork for, you know, anytime those two were in the rig, they could, you know, make a match happen and tear down the house. So that's why well, I what we it. have it. What we have, what we have in common is that they're both from the same pay-per-view. So that's pretty cool. Yep. That's pretty cool. Okay, so moving on, my number three is uh, Bret the Hitman Hart versus the British Bulldog in the SummerSlam 1992 for the Intercontinental Championship. That was the main event there. Okay. What was your number? What was your number three? My number three was Taker versus Bret Hart, 97. So. Okay. So basically, I picked Brett versus the Bulldog because uh, first of all, it was a phenomenal match. Second, the story that it told between two brother-in-laws tearing up the family. You know, we'd see more of that later on with the feud, with the hearts. But uh, this was the first real personal, you know, I mean, you know, feuds got personal, but this was real for real personal. And and you had Diana, you know, the wife of the bulldog and the sister, Brett, in the middle, torn, 
you know, between the two. It was in England. It was just a different atmosphere, different feel, different types of fans. It was something brand new. Uh, you know, uh, once again, very young into my wrestling, you know, uh, fandom. And Brett Bulldog was one of my favorite matches. And the way Brett Bulldog, you know, Brett did the job in the middle of the ring for the Bulldog with the pin that he pulled off was pretty cool to see. And then, you know, Brett going to give the title away to, to the Bulldog. I thought it was all great. And they all embrace and, and raise each other's hand with Diane in the middle, you know. Yep. Should have taken should have taken the bulldog to another level, but then he got uh, canned for doping <laughs> not too long <laughs> after that. But what it did was launch the hitman into uh, you know into the stars, man, because he he ends up winning the title, the WWF Championship from Ric Flair, right around the same time Bulldog got let go and had to drop the Intercontinental title to the to the Heartbreak Kids, so. So it really kind of those that that match sort of set the tone for Brett and Sean's, like you know somehow Shawn Michaels was is involved in in all all of this. If I can get him involved, it's because basically the bulldog messing up afterwards took Sean to that next level. So it was like this was a key match in in that feud and rivalry as well. Yeah. Um, as as you've known for a while, that '97 SummerSlam was my favorite SummerSlam um, because I just love that card. Um, well, you know, pretty much from top to bottom, few stinkers, but I mean, and just right in the heart of the whole, you know, Attitude Era, Austin 316, the um, USA versus Canada, the Brett and Sean feud. You know, it's just, I mean, it literally was what we just talked about. It was SummerSlam, you know, being as hot as it could be. Um, I, uh, I I chose that match over, I, I, I know a match that you're probably going to have in the, in the next, either in your next one or the one after, um, simply because I think it told better a better story than I, I think the match you're going to have in your next few, pick or two. Um because, I mean, just going into it, you know, you had Undertaker as the champion. You had Brett going in. He has to win the title or he can't wrestle in the U.S. anymore. You had Sean, who hates, you know, Brett Hart, the passion. And he has to call it right down the middle or he can't wrestle in the U.S. anymore either. So he has to put his hatred for Brett Hart aside to, you know, you know, protect his own career. And it's just it's the whole story built into that match and the the rivalry into that match is i just thought it was it deserved to be in the top five over another match that we'll probably get to absolutely okay so for number two i ended up picking brett versus perfect 91 i know you picked it number four you picked it number four okay um but i picked it number two because without a doubt one of the best matches not only in SummerSlam history but of all time and it's it's funny Greg because when you when you take a look at matches that you know somebody's doing a job for the other wrestler and you know they're injured let's just put Shawn Michaels in that category against Stone Cold at WrestleMania 14 his back was screaming he couldn't wrestle he was in pain he could barely walk he's crawling all over the place you could just see the pain he couldn't even do his like you know little stretch pose in the in the middle of the ring without showing some sort of a wince and pain that maybe the younger you know less knowledgeable Raph, you know Lockwood would would 
would not notice live, but you know, as the story comes out, you know that um, that uh, is is the case with Shawn Michaels. I picked this one as number two, and I'll let you know. I'll get into it a little bit more detail after you tell us what your number two is. My number two is TLC from two thousand. TLC from two thousand. I gotta tell you something, man. This match was not in my top five. Maybe because I just overlooked it. It could also be because it um it it followed like what would follow was um the WrestleMania TLC match uh-huh. the, I... the the match from from from. Uh, you know, was it the, the, the tables match from, or was it the te- the ladder match from 2000 and then the TLC? Yeah, no, TLC that's actually, WrestleMania, right? yeah, that's actually one of the reasons I put it in the top is because they had their ladder match and none of At like, WrestleMania 2000, correct? No, the, the ladder match was first, then the TLC, so. Um, but, right, and what you're saying is the TLC was at yeah, but with the TLC the ladder match was at WrestleMania. Yeah, but the the, the TLC it, it was good because they they didn't recycle anything from the previous match. They right. had everything was new, and you know, obviously it it stole the show. I mean, you got three of the best tag teams in the world. How can you go wrong with? <laughs> three elements of tables, ladders, and chairs. So uh, that's why I chose it in my top two, just for the sheer excitement that, you know, as I am, the stealing the show. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, like I said, they didn't recycle anything from the previous uh, match. And if anything, Bubba, <laughs> Bubba Dudley going through four tables or three tables. Oh, sure. <laughs> Come on. And, you know, of course, you know, you think, you think maybe the Hardys are going to pull it out or maybe the Dudleys, but nope. E and C, baby, all the way. Always. E and C ended up winning the whole, the whole series. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason I liked it. So, But like I well, said, I, I, yeah, that's why I, I chose it. Okay, so, so the reason I chose Brett Perfect 91 for my second favorite uh, SummerSlam match is because, like I alluded to earlier, you know, you could watch the Shawn Michaels Austin match, and you can go back and say, mm, "Wasn't the best match in history? Wasn't the best main event title match? Change of guard? You know, yeah. Stone Cold era has begun. That was probably the most exciting part about it. Plus, Mike Tyson. The match wasn't really that great, and Shawn Michaels' performance in the match was very lackluster. And of course, to no fault." you know, no fault of his own because it's not his fault that he's basically wrestling crippled. But you still appreciate the job that he did and the job that he did for Austin in the match and for Austin. But you watch that Brett Perfect match and Perfect was in probably as much pain as Sean was, slip discs and all that stuff, herniated slip disc. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, was absolutely fantastic in the match. Not only did he do the job and get through 20-something minutes with the hitman, but he and Bret Hart put on just a phenomenal, classic, absolutely amazing match. Knowing what you know later on, what Perfect was going through during the match just makes it one of my favorite. Plus, it was my first. So I had already thought it was an insane match. 
it being my first when I used when I first ever watched it, I think that that match really set the tone for my appreciation for the art of wrestling and pro wrestling. And I can't put perfect over enough for it. Plus Brett too, for taking such great care of him and not injuring him further, you know? So that was the reason why I picked that number two. I know you have that on yours as number four, but mine's gotta be, it's gotta be number two. But uh, you know, and I, as a matter of fact, it's funny because I'm reading through my list and I just now realized that I, I have Bret Hart in four of my five top, Top <laughs> that's funny because you know i was i was kind of juggling that too and i realized when i at one point i did have bret hart in a lot of the time pretty much all my lists so oh yeah what bret hart's pretty dominant SummerSlam. i don't know he pulls out the best matches so, at SummerSlam. so that's right so greg i'm gonna let you in on my number one Go my number one match bret hart versus owen hart steel cage match wwf championship 1994. Okay. And mine, of Go course, ahead. mine, of course, probably no surprise, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog, 92. Okay. So. Um, here's why, here's why I picked Bret, Bret Owen. Uh-huh. Okay. Bret Hart and Owen Hart just, first of all, Bret Hart had strep throat for the match. Okay. Yeah. I had never seen a more entertaining steel cage match at the time until that, that match. Um, the fact that they, Owen beat him at WrestleMania. Then Brett later on at that WrestleMania would defeat him, which I attended and was just absolutely insane. The jealousy that he went through, everything that he went through, you know, Nightheart turning on Brett, the King of the ring, joining Owen. The story, Bulldog being at, at uh, um, ringside two years, two years, you know, after he, he you know, lost, you know, he, he beat Brett in the, in the middle of the ring at, in Wembley. The whole Hart family being there, the whole championship on the line, how close Owen came to beating him. It just, I really thought that Owen Hart was going to win that title. And Brett comes about, you know, and then there's a whole melee at the end of it because Nightheart jumps the rail and attacks Bulldog. I just thought that that was so, such an amazing story, but the match was so great. They did a superplex off the top of the cage. Yep. That for me, that for me was like just, I was just like, I watch that sometimes and I rewind the, su- the suplex and just watch them floating in the air. It's like they're floating in the air, man. And it's, Heart, the Hart brothers took such care of each other in the ring, and I think it's one of my favorite, favorite feuds as far as match for match goes, because they never had a bad match with each other, and and you know I also was a big fan of the '94 SummerSlam. It was a good one, very memorable for me. So I think for me that would go down as one of as my favorite SummerSlam match of all time. Okay, well put. Um... Well, before I get to what I have to say, it's pretty sad that the WrestleMania 10 match and the SummerSlam match I just watched within a few months and recently. You know, I'll tell you, I, I was tempted to, to clown you, but I was in such a role describing my love for that match. Yeah. When I said that they, when I just mentioned that they pulled off such a great, you know, superplex off the top of the cage and you say, yep. In my head, I was going, "Yeah, you only say yep because you just fucking saw that thing." 
<laughs> Listen, I told break, you before, yeah. man. WrestleMania ten. Break, and, no, WrestleMania ten and SummerSlam was when I kind of fell out of fell out of wrestling. So I really I understand that. that. I understand. And, that. I, and, and, oh, and of course, all I these did, years, I, I missed that stuff, man. But <laughs> but how do you go all these years and not recount that, especially with the network being like five years old at this well, point? Well, you know, I got, I got busy over the years. So. You got busy. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I'm so sure all right. So I, I knew that was going to be in your your top two. Wow. Um, and like I said, I had tossed, I had juggled it. I had juggled it in my top five. And it was a choice between that and the taker match. And here, here's why I chose the taker match. And then I'll lead into why I chose my number one. I chose the taker Bret Hart match for the same reason I picked the Bret Hart Bulldog match as my number one over that match the story behind taker brett and sean in 97 and the story at wembley i believe in in my mind outdid the brett owen feud i you know the brett owen feud and the heart feud was great i'm not saying that was it was bad in any way i just thought there was more fuel to the 97 match and then, of course, you know, the match at Wembley, I mean, how can you top, you know, Bulldog and Brett tearing down the house in the main event and the Bulldog's hometown and, you know, Bulldog pulling out, a, you know, like you said, a, you know, a crazy pin and, you know, them at the end shaking hands. I mean, you can't tell a better story than that. Like I said, I mean, no, no, a, no, emotion. yeah, yeah, no, 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 no disc to the Owen Brett steel cage match. It's doubt it's I can guarantee it's definitely my number six like it's it's up there like it's not i'm not saying it's not it's not even in that top 10 it's my number six but between those brett hart matches that i put in there like i said the story between taker michaels and brett and then you know brett and Br- bulldog it's i that that's those stories kind of did a little more for me than the brett nolan you know, I'll tell you what, it's just because they didn't climb into your top five doesn't mean you don't, you know, love the matches. Like, like, you know, my, my T, the TLC didn't make it. You know, there are a bunch of other matches that are, I'm fond of that, you know, at SummerSlams that, that didn't make it. Like, you know, Mega Powers and Mega Bucks for me didn't make it. Warrior winning the Intercontinental title didn't make it. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of other matches that I really enjoyed. That you know, <laughs> Undertaker versus Undertaker. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, that's a that's a little joke. Yeah, I know. Um, but 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 you I, know, I figured that was Undertaker a I figured that was a wet yeah. dream for you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, man. you can imagine. But you know, listen, look at look at our top tens. I mean, our top fives. You know, you got guys like Hogan, Savage, Hogan, Warrior. You know, Taker, Brett, Perfect, Michaels. You know, actually, Michael's isn't in one of them, but uh, you know, he's 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 got to be up there. You know, and you know, uh, these matches are like star-studded, and you know, it's it's hard to pick a top five because there's a few really good other matches, and you know, I get it didn't didn't make your list, but uh, you know, who what do you know anyway? Uh, so anyway, well, we'll see what I know. We'll see what I know about this SummerSlam coming up because I think I'm that's gonna. Right. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do you on this. So. Let's go through it quickly, and 
and okay. uh, let's get let's get our SummerSlam predictions down. So what we're gonna do here, Greg, is we are going to get our buddies' predictions on every match for SummerSlam, and we're gonna have some sort of little contest, maybe like a league of some sort, uh, where like a win is a point or or something. We'll figure it out and we'll post it. But um, what I need you to do, Greg, while you're up there, is get our buddies' predictions. So you're going to get Tommy's prediction, Mike the Lube, and uh, the professor when you when you have him on. And we're going to see who wins this thing. Maybe uh, maybe sweeten the pot with a little $20 wager from each person. What do you think? Oh, I mean, if you want me to take your money, sure. Well, listen, Tommy already took my money. The question is, did you give Tommy the money I gave you to give him? Uh, what, what money? What money? Yeah, <laughs> you would say what money. Like, this, is, this, is when, this is when Lockwood gets riled up. Yeah, now I'm going to start waking people up in this house. All right, let's do it. Ready? Okay. For the for the Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Go. Seth Rollins. I say Brock Lesnar. Okay. Okay. Uh, what else is new? You disagree with me. Disagreeing with you. I think Brock Lesnar is going to take this and have another lengthy run. <laughs> now let's see uh, Becky Lynch defends the Raw Women's title against Natalia I've been tossing this one around in my head so much I'm going Becky Lynch I, I feel yeah. like I feel like there's some kind of screw job coming <laughs> yeah yeah I really yeah. do I don't know why I really feel like there's a screw job coming I'm gonna say Becky Lynch too. I think that um, they're gonna they're gonna continue this run. Actually, you know what? For, for Until it was announced as a submission match yesterday, Dan actually had mentioned your cousin that uh, Ronda Rousey was gonna come back and cost Becky Lynch the title. But I don't see how she could do that. You know, you know being I'll a submission match. As much as we, uh, as much as we, we uh, clown Dan, I think he's onto something there because. What I'm thinking is uh, Ronda Rousey come down, screw Becky Lynch by knocking her out cold. Natalia putting her in the sharpshooter, and she just is out cold. Damn. So there's a there's a there's, Damn. A, there's a, that makes yeah. me want to change my pick now. <laughs> there's a take. Well, listen, we have until the end of this uh, recording, this segment, for you to uh, make your pick. The steal, huh? All right, let's let's revisit that. I'm 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 gonna stay I'm gonna stay Lynch, but I'm gonna think about that too. Right. I might have to change it with you. Right, Bailey em, Bailey Ember Moon uh, for Bailey's SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm staying with Bailey. I think she's gonna have a lengthy run with the title. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to agree with you there, buddy. I think Bailey's title run is gonna be nice and long. Okay. Uh, WWF championship, WWE championship match. Uh, Kofi Kingston against RKO Randy Orton. Going, still sticking with Kofi. Yeah, I have a feeling Randy Orton's gonna take this man for some strange reason. I'm, I, I, I was looking at a long title run for Kofi, but I think Randy Orton's gonna come and get this match. I think. I think the possibilities to build up a little bit of a longer feud here is is great. I think RKO can take this title, add to his collection, get up there with John Cena and Ric Flair, Triple H, and um, 
Um, Kofi might maybe become a two-time champion by getting it back at some point, but I'm going to go Randy Orton. Okay. Let's go. Fair enough. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. I'm oh man. I'm um, see this is another one I was tossing around. I'm gonna go with Shane McMahon because you know what? As much as everybody hates Shane McMahon, I really don't think this feud's gonna end here. So I think Shane's gonna pull out the win. And I think KO's gonna be forced to quit, but somehow he's gonna, you know, pull the Austin thing and get his job back somehow and it's just gonna keep the feud going. I think uh, Kevin Owens is going to win. He's pretty hot right now. He's very popular with the moves that he's doing and the attitude that he's taking. I think Kevin Owens is going to take it. Okay. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, ladies and gentlemen. Is that even a question? The Fiend, of course. The Fiend is going to take this match, and he's going to destroy Finn Balor. Destroy yep. him, destroy him. But it's only setting up for for later and something great and better. Can't wait oh, to see God. that unfold. It's can't wait be to so see that much better. I can't wait to see that unfold. All right, U.S. Championship match: AJ Styles defends against King Ricochet. Uh, I'm sticking with AJ. I think the the club is gonna keep rolling. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you there too, buddy. I think the club's gonna roll pretty, pretty hard. Um, I think also too, they're gonna just keep building that story of Ricochet because I think they're gonna just keep building him up and building him up, and then he's just gonna, he's gonna eventually take it again. But I think they're just gonna keep him rolling with AJ because I think AJ is gonna put him over even more. All right. Dolph Ziggler against the returning Bill Goldberg. I'm going to go with, hopefully this is the, <laughs> this is actually from the lube. <laughs> it, hopefully it's the first match in the card because it's only going to be about five minutes anyway. So Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hate that they're doing this Dolph Ziggler. I'm going to say the same thing. Bill Goldberg. I think Goldberg's going to win it. I mean, he's the biggest name in, on the card, so to speak, you know, historically. I think he's going to do it. Let's move on to Trish Stratus, the returning Trish Stratus, taking on Charlotte Flair. I think um, I think Trish Stratus is going to take it. She ain't going to lose her hometown. I say Charlotte Flair It's going to build more heat towards her. Take okay. out Trish on her in her own town and not like take her out for good. Okay. Okay. And then, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Drew Gulak takes on Oni Lorkin. <laughs> I don't this even is, care. <laughs> this is this is a pre-show for sure. Yeah. Drew, whatever. Drew Gulak or whatever his name is. <laughs> Drew Drew Gulak. I go the same way. Okay. So right now. We have. There's no, ta- there's no tag team matches on this card. There are no. I ran through the list. There wow, no that's insane. Matches listed. That's I insane. I don't know if they're going to do something pre-show or they're intentionally doing singles matches all throughout. Just kind of like how WrestleMania 2000 were all you know multi-man yeah. or women champion matches. You know that another question I got right on that trivia show. Thank you very much. 
Um, so there you have it. Uh, those are our predictions. Uh, we'll post them on social media at some point. Greg is going to get everybody else's prediction. Yeah. Uh, and we will we will see. This will be a fun little contest, right, Greg? All right. All right. Well now uh, I, I think I think I think if there are some sort of surprise matches that are announced as as in like tag team matches because it can't be no tag teams on the on the on the card at all. I it's I'm I know I didn't miss it because I ran through the whole card, but you know, we're, we're, maybe there's something we're not catching. If there is, we'll post it to, you know, no, Facebook. I, I ran through the card myself. There's the, I didn't see a tag match either. They even yanked the, the uh, they even yanked the Sami Zayn and Aleister Black match. They yanked that. They put that on SmackDown that. tonight. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet. I'm I'm gonna this might bite me in the ass, but I'm going Natalia. I'm changing my pick. You know what? I might have to go there with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this uh, that this scenario is too it's too it's right there for us, you know what I mean? It's I, like, and I tell you and I tell you what, if, if if so you're going Natalia? I'm going with you with Natalia, yeah. Okay. So I tell you what, if this happens, we both got to post a video on 6B Dub and tag uh, Dan in it. We'll do the uh, American Pie 2 salute to him. Yeah. Hey, thanks. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, yeah, you mean the In Too Deep American Pie 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we'll have, do that. We, have make sure we have to make sure we're playing the music for him, too. Oh, of course, yeah, because he, he's the All one that right, came so. up with it, so... Maybe we can maybe we can get Dan involved. In, yeah, in well, contest as well. Yeah, you know he don't watch it anyway, but we'll we'll get his. And he's not going to put the twenty. He's not going to put the twenty dollars in either. So whatever. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get all that together. So, and uh, we'll have a little fun with this. Yes, sir. Okay, Greg. So it was good chatting with you. I'm about to hit the hay. It is twelve twenty-two a.m on game day for me in Miami, baby. All right. But uh, listen, don't forget, I will catch up. I will catch up with everybody. I will have some content for for SummerSlam in the midst of all this Napoli soccer stuff going on here, but I will have some good stuff. I'll talk to you at SummerSlam. Right. Uh, Finalize what I'm doing, and uh, maybe we can join up for some fun online or something. Absolutely. See, see what, what setting I'm in to watch can, this. We can we can we can do something live. Yeah, I'm sure we can. Speaking of live, we might have an announcement coming soon too. Maybe next week. Ah, so. There you go. There you go. go. So listen, working, you know what? On special, you know huh? what? Enjoy your game. Recharge your batteries, yes, and when you get yes, back, yeah, I'm not going to be so easy on you. So, yeah, I'm going to make you want to take another vacation. I want to take vacations from you every day. Greg. Okay. All right. All right, Mr. Lockwood. I will, uh, I will see you soon. Thanks for your time. Yes. yes, sir. Have fun with the professor, my friend. I will. Thank you. T- tell, him, tell him I said what's up and I'm still better than him. Okay. I will. All right. The original bad guy. All right. Later, Lockwood. Take care, my friend. All right, now that we got through all that bullshit, back to me and the professor. Marty, do you even like any of Ralph's picks? 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're solid picks. I mean, you can't go, you know, a lot of these you can't go wrong with. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, you know, you also have to remember part of it's nostalgia. I mean, if, you know, if it's, it's something you saw, like, the first time growing up, I mean, it leaves a big impression on you. And, I mean, it forms, like, who you're going to be as a fan. Uh, I know, I agree, because I did the same thing with the Mega Powers and the Mega Bucks. That's my first memory of SummerSlam. Exactly. So, but I just like to think Ralph's wrong all the time anyway. <laughs> So anyways, so yeah, SummerSlam is live on Sunday. Um, we have Marty here as a special guest this week. Ralph will be back next week on the show. Um, I know as Mar- Marty is definitely a buff of wrestling history. So let's ask Marty now what uh, his top five SummerSlam matches. Marty, what do you got? Okay, number one, I'm going to go with 1989, Arnonis and Tully Blanchard versus Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart in a non-title match for the World Tag Team Championships. And it was uh, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard over the Hart Foundation. So, yeah, you know, you're a big fan of Arn and Tully. Oh, I love Arn and Tully. How can you not? I mean, they're like the first tag team to win the, uh, the NWA Tag Team Championship and the WWF Tag Team Championship. Mm-hmm. So... And the Hart Foundation is always a good, solid team, both on the technical side, but, you know, when push comes to shove, they can brawl. And, uh, you know, just good all-around tag teams. I mean, that's that's what I like. I mean, you know, they can get in there and mix it up a little bit, and you know, but it's not going to be one-dimensional. Right. And I, if I remember correctly, you weren't a big fan of the Brain Buster name, were you? Uh, no, only, be, I mean, I understand from, from their point of view, I mean, you know, if you didn't see NWA, you didn't know who the horsemen were, they couldn't use the horsemen names, so they had to come up with something for them. But, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's kind of does a disservice. I mean, you know, it's, it's, that's one of the things I never liked about Vince's style of like changing the names of people. It's like changing the road warriors to the Legion of Doom. I know Ralph is kind of partial to that name, but I like him the good old fashioned way. You know. Oh no, I'm a big fan of the Road Warrior name. Legion of Doom, I wasn't a big fan of either. Well, the thing was, is like they were. It was sort of weird because they were referred to the Legion of Doom and the Road Warriors at the same time. So I imagine, like, too, there was also a trademark issue at some point that came up. Mm-hmm. You know, where push came to shove, and like they had to make a choice about which one they were going to use, and they decided to go with the Legion of Doom. Right. At least it's not LOD 2000. <laughs> that was even worse. Yeah, that was just bad. <laughs> yeah, and actually, if you, if you remember that, that match actually opened up the '89 SummerSlam. So, and I actually yeah. like I liked it because. There's two teams that kind of open the show. You always got to open the show with a good bang, and that well, that's it. Two solid tag teams, right? You got to open up the show and, and get a lot of momentum going, you know, because you don't want to kill the crowd's momentum just you know just when they get there, right? All right, so what do you got for your next pick? Uh, my next pick for is from 1990. It's Rick Rude versus the Ultimate Warrior for the world title in a steel cage. Oh my God! Wait a minute. You have an Ultimate Warrior match in your in your top five? Yes, I do. While I do think his repertoire is limited, I I do think that his rivalry with Rude was really good, and I liked it because it elevated Rude to a position I think he deserved to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a really great heel, and with Heenan at his side, even better. You know, the feud he had with, like, Jake Roberts is something I'll always remember fondly. I mean, it was entertaining, you know, you, and uh, because that's the thing. I mean, you, you have to have a, you know, with every champion, you, you know, especially a face champion, you have to have a good heel challenger. And who better than Ravishing Rick Rude? Of course. You know, I just would have preferred, like, if he had, like, the, the short-cropped hair like he had later in his career. I'm not a big fan of that frizzed-out perm he used to have. Well, actually, in that, that SummerSlam, he did cut his hair a little bit. 
It okay. wasn't like it was short like it was in the, you know later on in the 90s. Right. Um, he did have shorter hair than that WrestleMania. Yeah. Which match did you like better, that one or the WrestleMania one where he won the IC title from the Warrior? Um, well, actually, they battled... They have out of the few times, yeah. WrestleMania, and then the SummerSlam, where you, where the Warrior won it back. Because I'd have to say that Rick Rude was probably like the primary, you know, opponent for the Warrior. Yep. You know, and uh, so uh, probably the one where he won the IC title from the Warrior would probably be my all-time favorite match between them. But this one is is pretty good. The only thing I'd have to that I really was not a fan of. I'm not a fan of the blue bar cage. I don't know who came up with that idea. I, you know, yeah. I'm a fan of the good old fashioned, like, you know, chain link fence. You know, why? Because you can use it like a cheese grater. There's nothing, there's nothing quite as enjoyable as watching someone take their opponent's face and rub it like a piece of cabbage on a fence. I mean, <laughs> actually, the, um, we can thank uh, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels for that change because they were talking about doing their next match and it was going to be in a cage and Shawn Michaels had actually said he did not want to use that blue bar steel cage anymore. He said that hurt like hell. Yeah. And that's and where the development of the hell in the cell came. Right. Which... I imagine both cages hurt, but I, I always th- I always think of like the... The chain link fence is the classic old fashioned. I right. mean, I can see why the blue bar would not. I you know, as a wrestler, you would not be a fan of the blue bar because I mean, steel rebar doesn't look like it's very fun to hit <laughs> at all. I mean, correct. All right, so what do you got in your next one? Uh, match number three is going to be Bret Hart versus Kurt defeated Kurt Henning for the IC title. Now, see, so yeah, that was on me and uh, Lockwood's list, both of us. Right, and I mean, you can't go wrong with that one. I mean, you know, you've got. Bret Hart, you know, coming up, uh, you know, through the mid cards. I mean, he's, he's he, he and Neidhart are no longer together at this point, you know, and he's coming up against Kurt Henning, a former AWA champion, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, there's there's like a guy who can match Bret Hart skill for skill and vice versa, you know, because that's the thing. I mean, if you you know, a lot of guys just can't hang with them when it comes to technical ability, right? You know, and these guys brought out the best in each other. I mean, it's like Shawn Michaels and and you know his you know uh, Bret Hart's later feud with like Shawn Michaels. I mean, they brought out the best in each other and that's what you want to see when you see two competitors get in the ring. You want to see them push each other, you know, to their limits. Right. So, and that's what I like about that. Well, would we had also two things we had said that I had said that that was a great match because it set up what would become a good feud with Brett and Mr. Perfect. Cause those are two guys that could really match well together and any match they've had yeah. in the future was great, just like that one. And Lockwood had actually mentioned that Kurt Henning was hurt during that match. He had back, uh, back injury, right. like Shawn Michaels did at yeah. WrestleMania 14. Well, I know that's why he eventually went to like a managerial role with Flair, is because like you know that back injury that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and Lockwood had met, uh, pointed out that. Uh, Mr. Perfect, you can't really tell his hurt in this one, like unlike Shawn Michaels in fourteen when he right. you know, would wince and well, not, be able, to, yeah, not I, be able to do what he was normally able to do. Right. Well that's the thing about Kurt Henning. I mean his dad, Larry the Axe Henning, was a wrestler, so he's second generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, his son is Curtis Axel, so I mean, you know, I could see Kurt being very old school like his dad and just, you know, gritting his teeth and going out there and putting on the best match possible and worry about being in pain later. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, match number four is from nineteen nine. Is also from nineteen ninety one, and that's going to be Animal and Hawk, the Legion of Doom versus Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags, <laughs> the Nasty Boys, and the Legion of Doom defeated the Nasty Boys to become 
the only three time uh, when I say three time what I'm what I mean by that is they're the only team in history to hold the AWA NWA and WWF World Tag Team Champions no, you know and that to me is why they're the absolute greatest tag team of all time no one's ever accomplished that since then you know and now Greg had asked me before he couldn't believe that I had a nasty boys match on here but if you go back to WCW when they were US tag team uh, when they wrestled the Steiners for the US tag team championships was a great was a great match they also had a great match with Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan for the world tag team titles and you know that's the one thing you know because I think about the Nasty Boys I think people remember them like you know more from they see like Brian Knobs when he was hanging out with Hogan when he was much older and you know and a lot Less yeah, they, they always shape. seem to linger around Hogan <laughs> wherever he went. Yeah, they follow well, that money train. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, they're not the they're not the best looking tag team in the sense of they don't look like they're in great shape, but like they, you know, that's not always a thing. I mean, you, you know, for to get in with a team like the Legion of Doom, you have to be able to brawl, and that's one thing you could definitely say about, you know, the the Nasty Boys. They were just you know going to go in there and get it done, and you know. A good old-fashioned physical slobber knocker of a match I always enjoy. So, right. and last is going to be from 2002. It's going to be Brock Lesnar versus The Rock for the for the WWF Championship, and that was where Brock won his first world title. So, I always remember that one fondly because I'm a big Lesnar fan. I mean, not of his, you know, most uh, not so much for his current work, but when. You know, when yeah, he was his first, first come, run. Yeah. yeah, his first run with WWE, I always liked a lot. Right. You know, and weirdly enough, I mean, you know, as over as The Rock was, by the time, like, you know, he faced Brock, he was starting to get booed again. Like, if you go back and watch that, I mean, he, you know, the crowd was not on his side. Was he I mean, getting booed because he was leaving and everybody knew it? Or was he getting booed because people were just tired of the same old stuff? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I mean, you know, plus, I mean, uh, you know, that's the thing. Even though he was supposed to be the heel, I mean, you can't deny that Lesnar was over. So kind of a combination of those three things, mm -hmm. you know. But definitely The Rock was, you know, kind of in the same situation I feel like, you know, Hogan was in when, he, you know, when he was wrestling in WCW and he was starting to get booed like in the 90s. Right. So that would be my top five picks. Okay. Actually, the the only thing that happened with Brock and The Rock, the uh, the sto the show kind of got stole because it was the same year as uh, Michaels and Triple H in the street fight when he first yes, came Yes, there's back. always that. I mean, so it's kind of like when Michaels took on the Undertaker and Triple H and Orton had to finish the show out. So. Uh, well, that's the thing, you know. I mean, I don't know who booked that that particular order, but uh, Triple H and Andy Orton should definitely have gone on before that. I mean, there, there's just no way you could top the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Definitely. So, all right. So we got before SummerSlam, and I wanted to actually chat with you about this because you're a big follower of uh, NXT. We have NXT Takeover coming uh, on Saturday, the night before SummerSlam. Um, NXT Takeovers and NXT in general is always one of the more popular shows amongst the fans of WWE. Um, it always seems to kind of steal the show, so I wanted to talk to you about some of the matches uh, and run through those and get your opinion on who's going to win and what guys you actually like and think that should be starting to move up the card to go on to the main roster. Okay. And, you know, maybe throw out a little, like, what, 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 how would you kind of ease them into the roster, like some guys you'd like to see them work with, I guess. Right, okay. I think we can do that. So... Mm -hmm. 
Uh, why don't we just start with the, the, the first match that's you know going to open the card, and that's Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. So Candice LeRae, for those of you who don't know, is the wife of Johnny Gargano. She's, uh, you know, not, that's not her only claim to fame. I mean, she's an amazing wrestler. I mean, does not, is very underrated, does not get as much credit as she really deserves. I mean, she, you know, she is, you know, she, actually, she and Joey Ryan were actually PWG, uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla Tag Team Champions together. And at one point, they actually wrestled your guys, the Young Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and watch that now. Yeah. And uh, so, and Io Shirai, I originally, without really realizing it was Io Shirai, saw her originally in Lucha Underground. But ever since, like, she came in, um, you know, to NXT, I've been a big fan of hers. I think she's really good. And uh, those two should have a hell of a match. And so I'm going to go with Candice LeRae over Io Shirai. Okay. Now we're moving on to match number two. That's going to be Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. Now, Mia Yim, you know, I first saw her in Impact Wrestling. And uh, she's very solid, I mean, as far, in, as far as, like, her skills and abilities. And she manages to mix a lot of, of martial arts in with, with her technical ability. Uh, she can also do high flying. I mean, I've seen her do dives from the top of the cage. So she's not afraid to, like, you know, take high, you know, to go high risk. The thing about Shayna Baszler is she is like a wrecking machine. You know? Right, she's she's from UFC, correct? Uh, yes, but she's also like a catch wrestler. So if anybody in the Four Horsewomen is going to take to this like a duck to water, it's going to be Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually trained by Josh Barnett. Okay. You know, and so the thing is, is like she's a, a fantastic submission specialist, and she's just got a killer attitude. I mean... Let's put it this way. Everybody uh, you know, uh, raves about how good Ronda Rousey is and how badass she is. And it's like, I'm sorry, but... I, mean, I don't think she is at all. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, what, what I was trying to get at is if, you know, if Ronda Rousey is, like, say, the Ric Flair of the four horsewomen of MMA, then Shayna Baszler would definitely be the Arn Anderson. Okay. You know, and so I, I, what I'm trying to say is, is like, you know... She's another one that doesn't get the you know, like nearly the credit she deserves, you know, and, and like you know people because she gets outshined I think a lot of times by the the hype machine that is Ronda Rousey like they kind of overlook her and they shouldn't, you know, and so I'm gonna so unless they plan on bringing her up to the main roster I'm gonna go with Shayna Baszler retains. Okay, well actually they had spoken there was a rumor going around that she was gonna be moved up to the main roster to uh, be on SmackDown when they moved to Fox. Right, and if spot and if, if Fox, as I've heard, wants to go with a more sports orientated style of wrestling, that's definitely the kind of person you want, you know, on that roster. Right. So, if that if that rumor turns out to be true, then I then I'd have to go with Mia Yim takes the title off of Basil. Yep, because uh, set up like the rematch, and then Mia K, Mia Yim would get the victory again, and then I think she would move over to. SmackDown roster, right? Or it would it would be a matter of you know Basil retains, goes up to the main roster, like you know kind of like Johnny Gargano. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. You know, and goes then back down, goes back down just long enough to drop the title and come back. Okay, all right. Okay, we're on a match number three. That's the Velveteen Dream, the North American Champion versus Pete Dunne, former UK Champion versus Roderick Strong. Um, now this one I'm going to go with Roderick Strong goes for the win. Um, I don't see them pulling Pete Dunne off the UK roster, although they have used him quite extensively on the NXT roster. 
Um, I think the Velveteen Dream is ready to go up to the main roster. I think so, too. You're a big fan of the Velveteen Dream, aren't you? Um, in a sense, yes. Um, I think he gets the psychology of it. I think, like, you know, if he's going to get better, he has to push himself and face guys that are better in the ring than him. And, mm-hmm. hey, you can't do better than, you know, Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. I mean, Pete Dunne had one of the longest reigns as, you, you know, NXT UK champion and, until he was defeated by Walter. And uh, Roderick Strong is the you know is the one guy in this is, is like yet another guy that gets overlooked. I mean, people don't realize, you know, here's a former ROH tag team champion, a former ROH champion, or a former ROH television champion, and you know how he hasn't held the title in this company. I don't know. I mean, just go back and watch some of his matches with Jay Lethal, you know, when they were wrestling for the TV title in in ROH. I mean, the guy's cardio is just off the chart. I mean, like, in the in the speed that he can move is just unbelievable. And so, you know, I'm a really big fan of his. I mean, I like his work. I mean, his work rate is phenomenal. I mean, I can't say enough good things about him, you know. I definitely like that they put him with the Undisputed Era. I think he's definitely better as a heel than a face. Well, I'll let you have your, uh, your, your thunder here, but I'm going to ch- chime in on this one. I'm sticking with the Velveteen Dream. I don't think he's dropping the title yet. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if he stays on the roster, then you could be right. But, I mean, if they decide to move him up, then, you know, he's going to have to drop the title to someone else. Right. Plus, I think he's held it long enough. And you could also argue that the Velveteen Dream's over enough to not have to have a belt. True. Yep. You know, so that's kind of my reasoning there. So we'll move on to match number four, and that's the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford versus the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish for the NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, now, the, the Street Profits, I like to say, are a little bit more sizzle than steak. What I mean by that is, like, I think they're definitely, they're, don't get me wrong, they're impressive in the ring, but I also like the fact that, you know, but I, I think they're kind of like, their in-ring ability is kind of overshadowed by their, um, their intro. Okay. You know, because, you know, you watch the crowd just kind of, you know, uh, go nuts when they, you know, when they come out. And that's the thing. Eventually, I wouldn't be surprised to see Montez Ford spin off into um, a singles wrestler because he is like, the, to me, he's like the standout of that team. Now, there's nothing wrong with Angelo Dawkins. I mean, he, he's like a great wrestler, you know, but, I mean, he doesn't quite have the look of somebody that, you know, I mean, uh, how do I want to say that is like, he doesn't, look like an athlete in the sense of like a Dusty Rhodes doesn't look like an athlete. Okay. It's like, you know, whereas Montez Ford has the abs, he's lean, I mean, he can can do the high flying, I mean, his frog splash is just phenomenal. And uh, so, but once again, I'm going to go with the Undisputed Era and I'm going to pick Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish over Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford because I think they're finally setting up to have, you know, um, now, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have already had a run with the tag titles, you know. So this would be their second as a team. Now, this would be like, this would be um, Kyle O'Reilly's third title reign if they do win. Okay. Because he also held the belts for with Roderick Strong. Because Bobby Fish was out with an injury, like screwed up his knee. And so they had um, Kyle O'Reilly and, and uh, Roderick Strong as a tag team. And that's the thing. In a lot of ways, I would say they were even better. 
to Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, which is saying something because Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish were ROH Tag Team Champions. They were uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Junior Tag Team Champions, so they were a damn good team in their own right. And they've got a style that meshes really well. I mean, I can remember when they first started out. Kyle, you know, Kyle was like the rookie, um, you know, and Bobby Fish was sort of the veteran, and they, they really mesh well together. They have a nice mixed martial arts style, very technical. So you're, you're yanking the titles off the Street Profits already, then? Yes. Okay. I mean, it wouldn't. It would make sense. They've been on Raw every week, so maybe they're just kind of pushing them to get used to the Raw atmosphere, put them on TV, and kinda, it could be. Hmm. But my thinking goes along the lines of like they're they're going to have the Undisputed Era, you know, take control of the belts in the same way that Evolution took control of the belts back in what was it? Uh, yeah, oh three, oh four, oh four. And so that'll be like the first time I think since Evolution that a faction has held all you know all the major titles at right. the same time. Yeah. So you're so, already calling um, Adam Cole for the next match then? Yes. You know, okay. I mean, I think Johnny Gargano was more than ready to go up to the main roster. I mean, well, he was. I think he was set to go to the main roster, but for some reason they put him back down. He did. Well, that's the thing. Is like. Um, that seems to be kind of a miscommunication between... Well, I don't know if it's a miscommunication, but I, I think, you know, what happened was is, like, Vince kind of, like, brought those guys up, like him and Ciampa, you know. I don't know if he really even told Triple H that he was going to do that, you know. And so I think that kind of, like, you know, um, they would... I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, I have no problem with Johnny Gargano not winning the belt back and going up to the main roster because I think he... I wish Ciampa was going with him because those guys are both more than ready to be on the main roster, you know. And But sadly, if they do, that's going to be one of those things where you and Ralph have talked about where, you know, like they may go up to the, to the roster to a big pop and then they don't... Do anything. Well, not so much do anything, but there's just so much competition up there, you I know? know. I mean, like... You know, uh, well, let's put. It, I guess what I'm trying to say is like when you know until NXT, how many people knew who Johnny Gargano was? I didn't know who he was. I mean, yeah, I knew who Chamasa Ciampa was because he was a former ROH tag uh, television champion, and I'd seen him wrestle before. You know, now Johnny Gargano, I'd never seen before. You know, and I, I wish I had because he's he, you know he's a fantastic athlete. Adam Cole, I've seen before. You know, but but I'm just saying like uh, the nature of NXT is a transitory. You know, you're, you're always on your way up to the main roster. I mean, that's kind of one of the great things about NXT, as far as I'm concerned, is that it, the fact that you're constantly moving new talent in and moving old talent out, I mean, what I mean old talent is that it's, it, it's part of the performance center, so it's a training ground. So once you reach a certain level, you don't need to be there anymore. You need to go in the ring with, like, and I don't look at that as a bad thing, because then I see, like, you know, all the matches Johnny Gargano can have with guys on the main roster. You know, whether that's an AJ Styles or, like, hell, can you imagine Jan Johnny Gargano and Daniel Bryan? I mean, how could that match said that. We could have had that if we had the NXT night on Raw, like I right. said. Well, I had two things. Um, this match is actually a two out of three balls match. Um, the first one, Gargano opted for a street fight. Mm -hmm. And the second one, Cole had uh, opted for a classic old-school wrestling match. Now, mm -hmm. if there's a third fall, which there will be, right. William Regal, the general manager of NXT, will choose that fall okay i'm gonna go with the first fall then to adam cole because the street fight when you know when you fight one of the undisputed era you're basically fighting all the undisputed era and that's tailor-made for their interference so you think they're gonna flip-flop you think adam cole is gonna take 
the match Johnny Gar- Johnny Gargano chose, and then Johnny Gargano is going to win the match Adam Cole chose. Yes, because because uh, a, a classic wrestling match plays more to Johnny Gargano's strengths, whereas like yeah. a street fight definitely. Well, I remember in the last NXT that um, yeah, and actually there was a in the previous uh, takeovers too that um, Gargano was expecting the Undisputed Era to come out, and the last time he actually used it as a distraction. Right. So. I, yeah, I agree with you there. I think I think they are going to come out and help him win the first fall. Oh, of but course. Like be, well, because I mean, there's no disqualification there, so there's no there's no downside to like getting involved in the match. Right. So you think William Regal's going to choose a uh, power of the punch as a third fall match? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could happen. It could happen. So um, yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I've watched a few of the takeovers. Um, oh, NXT takeovers are always good. I mean, yeah. they keep it to a tight two and a half hours. They, you know, which I like. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they don't they cut the fat. They don't waste. The, there's no wasted motion. You know, they keep it down to five matches. I like that because then you can have good long matches that are you know that right. are entertaining and well not just entertaining but I mean like you know as a wrestling fan you learn so much watching them. I mean right. that's one of the reasons I love to watch. Okay, now who now what guys in NXT would you like to see kind of move up? And well, move like out, said, not just move up and move out too, because you know, like you had said, it's a good way you know to trim the fat when right. you, you know you. Well, Johnny Gargano's number one on right. my list because now I, actually before you get that actually that I don't mean to jump around, but what do you think? Uh, I know Champa's coming back, right? Well, as long as his neck, you know, heals up properly. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that, I, I mean, I don't know the history of those two, but is there a chance that maybe he would come back and cost Gargano the match? Well, there's Start always, a feud? Well, there, there's always that possibility. But, like, you know, you just kind of went through a really long feud. I mean, because they had so many matches against each other, you know, from the time they split up. You know, it's almost like a modern-day, you know, Michaels and Gennetti. I mean, you know, and, I mean, at first, like, when they first came up together and won the tag titles, I mean, they were, like, the crowd favorite, you know. And then to have Tommaso Ciampa turn mm-hmm. on Gargano and then every match after that, I mean, that's one of the things I... That's one of the one missteps they've made is they kind of... I mean, they gave, you, they gave you plenty of meat on the bone in the sense of, like... They gave you such a long story with so many chapters to it, you know. But at the same time, um, I don't like it when they draw out something to the extent of where, like, because they wrestle such a physical style, one guy ends up getting yeah, injured. Her, yeah, we had said yeah. that last time. Yeah. Because then, like, we got cheated out of that final match with, you know, with Gargano and Ciampa, and Gargano finally getting the W and winning, you know, the NXT. Right. You know, and if I'm correct, that made him like the first triple crown. Oh, really? Um, NXT champion. So, because he'd held the North American belt before that, and he had also held, um, you know, he'd also held the tag titles with Ciampa. Okay. All right, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So, who no. else? Who else would you move up? Uh, like I said, the Velveteen Dream. He's got the psychology down pat. I mean, his character work is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, and if he's going to get better, he has to get in. Guy, he has to get into the ring with with guys better than him. You know, um, let's see. And Shayna Baszler, because that's another one. She's had a good. I mean, she's a two time. She's the only two time NXT Women's Champion. And I mean, with the exception of a short loss to Kari Sane, I mean, has held the belt. You know, almost continuously. 
you know, since her first reign began. I mean, so we're moving into, I want to say, a year and a half to maybe two years as champion. I'd have to look that one up. Okay. Know. Okay. Now, are you a bit, are you, would you think it would be better if they move these guys up and still kind of teeter them between the main roster and NXT? No, I'm a big fan of, of just of, jumping right in, not testing the water out first. No, because to me, that's kind of what NXT is. It's like, you know, you kind of bring somebody in and you get them adjusted to the WWE system, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, you know, what I'm saying is it's like when Samoa Joe left NXT, he left NXT. He didn't just kind of part-time it on the main roster. Same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura, just like one day it's going to be Adam Cole. It's like, no, he leaves. Same thing with Aleister Black. You know, it, I mean, obviously, if there's still some commitment that you have to fulfill, like, you know, in the case of Ciampa and uh, not Ciampa, but uh, Gargano and Aleister Black mm-hmm. or no, Al- it was Aleister Black and Ricochet, you know, being in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. That's one thing, you know, but, it's, uh, you know, plus it also kind of gives like the, the fans at full sale and the, and the fans who watch the show kind of a nice way to say, you know, goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's like the beginning of a story. You've got the middle and then you've got the end of the story. You know, plus you got to look at the bright side. I mean, like, look at all the matches they can have with people. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than than you know, so don't beat a. I'm of the opinion not to beat a dead horse. Okay. All right. So, so those are the guys you would send up to the main roster. Those are the three I'd send up to the main roster. Okay. Oh, like I said, there's definitely a possibility. Like I said, we got SmackDown switching over to Fox. I know. I know Fox is expecting big numbers and right. big names as well. So why not send some guys up from NXT? Right. You know? Well, that's always going to be the thing. I mean, you know, I you know, I just wish they would do it as more of like a, you know, I think they could do it as more of like an event kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the way they, they had the draft back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, like they could maybe even do it that way where like, you know, Bischoff gets a pick, like Heyman gets a pick, you right. know, and say like, okay, you know, you get your first choice of like, who do you want from NXT? And I'm like, well, I want the Velveteen Dream or somebody else is like, I want Gargano. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus, like, you know, if you're picking guys with different styles that could, you know, play into your show, you know, looking different. Because obviously, the Velveteen Dream and Johnny Gargano couldn't be more different if they tried. Right. Now, I had a question for you. I never got to ask you this the last time. Okay. What, um, I know, I know like you said, some guys show up and, you know, they, they kind of get lost in the roster. But it seems to be more common with the, the tag teams from NXT. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, well, that's the thing is like that's you know a point I brought up last time is when you bring a guy on when you bring a tag team onto the roster like say you know like Ralph and I are fans of the Revival you know I I, I don't know how you feel about them you know no I love the Revival okay actually. so every so all three of us are fans of the Revival so when you when you brought the Revival in you know do you, like I said do you run them right to the titles mm-hmm. and then you know and then you have to decide how long is that title ring going to last is it going to last two months three months a couple of weeks right you know and then what do you do with them so i guess what i'm saying is if it took them longer to get to the titles but they had a really long run with the belts like say eight months to a year and then lost the titles and they moved from like say raw to smackdown would you be happier with that or would you happier with like you know well they had like their four or five time tag team champions but their average reign only lasts like a month right i think i would actually just be happy with them actually doing something with some of the tag teams 
So, like, um, actually, Zobie had mentioned that, you know, they, I think they're wasting the time with the Viking Raiders doing the squash matches. Maybe do that for, like, a week or two. But I think, I mean, actually, somebody had said that it would be a good match uh, with them and the Authors of Pain. Yeah, I mean, they've got both got very Smash Mouth styles. I mean, I would say that the, um, the Viking Raiders, uh, one thing that people don't, realize about the viking raiders is they're way more agile than they look oh i know i I see it every week (laughs) well that's the thing is like and so that would that i definitely think that would give them the advantage over like the authors of pain Mm -hmm. because yeah there's there's another team they came in and they run what was it the raw tag team championships you know now if i were if i were running things i'd move them over to smackdown you know if they if you if you've already won the raw tag team titles, they are on smackdown okay yeah Yeah, they get drafted to smackdown and, but uh, that was one of those ones that you really didn't hear about because right. they haven't used them. They haven't been on yeah. TV. Well, and that goes back to, like, you know, something we've talked about in the past is, like, how does Vince feel about tag team wrestling? And mm-hmm. I don't think he particularly – I know I've heard it said before he isn't particularly a fan of tag teams. I think because he sees the real money as being in the main events. Right. Know? And I, I, I understand where he's coming from. but. Right. And yeah. um, another thing I've noticed about Vince is he seems to like – tag teams that are made of single stars mm-hmm. so like when you put together like john cena and Shawn michaels yeah, the battle bowl teams well no i wouldn't really say, i'm not saying so much as a battle bowl team but like i think what i'm trying to get at is like he he wants the kind of like you know um spectacle you got when you put randy savage and hogan together yeah as the mega no, I, I understand you know he wants the two great you know like he wants the two top guys together you know and because that way it's easier to break them up, you know. So eventually, like when you break them apart, you can, you know, it's easier to put them together and take them apart than say, like, well, let's talk about the authors of pain. Like you take apart Akam and Razar, where do they go from there? Yeah, like I said, you have to figure out whether one star is going to be a good single star or what are you going to do with them, you know? Right. So. Well, that's one thing that that we also talked about is like back in the '80s. I mean, if you'd have told me that Shawn Michaels in the next decade, Shawn Michaels and and, and Bret Hart would be the two top singles guys in the company. I'm like, I don't see that at all. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and uh, how can I be called the professor if I'm that short sighted? I That's mean, right. obviously Vince saw that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know. Now another thing you could also look at is I wish I could remember who said this, but he said that when you're booking, the longer you, the longer you're in charge of booking, the more you're booking for yourself. So, you know, I mean, I know Triple H is a big fan of tag teams, so you could argue that when he's booking on NXT, he's booking the matches that he wants to see. And Vince, if he's a big singles guy and not a fan of tag teams, they're not going to get pushed. It's Well, it's just like individual stars. You know, when we say, like, well, why does this guy get a push and this guy doesn't? Well, it could be because, you know, Heyman, if he's running Raw, sees potential in this guy and not in another. And if, you know, if they're on SmackDown, it's because Bischoff sees potential in one guy that he doesn't see in another. Well, look at Bischoff. There's a perfect example. Didn't see any potential in Stone Cold, you know, in Steve Austin. And let him go. Yep. But you have to ask yourself, like, you know, now if we're talking about Austin, not to get off on a tangent, but if you look at his career in WCW, I don't think they treated him badly. They gave him the tag titles. They gave him the U.S. title. They gave him the television title. The only belt they didn't put on him was a world title. Right. And if you look at S- Steve Austin back then, all right, you have to ask yourself the question, would you put the belt on him? Back then, yeah, no. Right. I'm saying, do you see anything in that character that he was playing that would have warranted putting the top, you know, putting him in the top guy's slot? Right. I don't. No. You know, so 
you know, and if he's injury prone, I can totally see. I can I can totally understand Bischoff letting him go. And, you know, Steve Austin, I mean, I can see, like, if you're let go by FedEx, where that can stick in your craw. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you could probably thank Eric Bischoff because if he wouldn't, he wouldn't have lit a fire under Steve Austin's ass and sent him on his way. I mean, yeah, no. you know, we wouldn't have, like, the, you know, what's as close to the second coming of, like, a Hulk Hogan is, like, you know, we'd seen up until then. Yep. All right, so that does it for TakeOver. Um, and, you know, some knowledge on NXT and see what happens after TakeOver and who goes where and what titles go where. Um, so now we got SummerSlam on Sunday. Uh, me and Ralph did our picks last night, as you heard, mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask somebody that actually knows what he's talking about his opinion on the SummerSlam card. <laughs> Because I don't trust what Ralph says. <laughs> well, who knows? Ralph and I might agree on some things. So. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to kind of run through this card um, okay. and uh, get your opinion on the match and see where you think it's going to go. Um, I guess we can just start at the top. I mean, it doesn't really matter which order we go in. Um, the the well, pre-show would be the... The Cruiserweight Championship. Yep, Drew Gulak and... Tony Lorcan. Yep. Now, Orny Loken's a guy from NXT. He and uh, he and Danny Burch are a great tag team, very physical, very smash mouth. He's a really gritty kind of underdog wrestler, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of his. And okay. uh, I'd really love to see him get the due that he deserves. Now, let's see. You guys have Gulak, and uh, you, bo- a, you both have both. Gulak over Lorcan. Well, we, I would just say we just picked it because he was the champ, so... <laughs> Well, I didn't no, realize I, I didn't know who the actually, other guy was. I have to agree with you because I think if you look at how long his reign is, it's not that long, so it's kind of quick to, to have yeah. a title change. Okay. You know, so I don't think that's t- you know as much as I like you know there's the guy there's guys we like and then there's you know we have to be realistic as, as to like you know from a booking perspective is like what makes the most sense. And okay. Then, so I don't think you guys are wrong in, in picking that one. Okay, so you're going with Drew Gulak. Yes. Okay. Now we're on to Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair in a singles match. Hometown so, hero. Yeah, this is a tough one because, you know, I mean, I definitely want to see Trish get the win. I'll be honest with you, ahead of time, full disclosure, I'm not a fan of Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's overrated and overexposed. You know, I, don't get me wrong, I think she's definitely talented, you know. Yep. And, uh, you know... When I say talented, I mean, like, you know, she deserves to be the Raw Women's Champion. She deserves to be the SmackDown Women's Champion. She deserves to be the NXT Women's Champion. She's just going for to match up with her dad. Well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> just, but that's that's my real beef. Does she deserve to be a nine-time champion at this point in her life? Hey, she's a flair, baby. Yeah. Woo! Right, but if you look back at those, or is anybody going to remember those reigns? Nah, is, is what I'm saying. I know. You know? I know. So we, I had chosen Trish Stratus just because of... Um, my other choice. Um, so I, I, I know one of the one of the females from Canada has to get the win. So that's why right. I chose so Trish Stratus. I think you're right because okay. you know. But then there, there's part of me that says, what does that do for Charlotte Flair's career? Now, if this is going to be like Trish Stratus's last match, like she's saying, then I can definitely see giving her the win. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, if it's not going to be her last match and she may come back at some point, then I would have to say, like it would be better to give it to Charlotte Flair because you don't want her languishing on the mid card. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it could go either way because you know what Trish is. Trish is the kind of uh, star that doesn't wouldn't mind putting somebody over. Well, that's the other thing. Is yeah. like you know. So what I'm saying is like 
you know, her her legacy wouldn't be tarnished in one bit by putting over Charlotte Flair. Yep. So now we're on to <laughs> Dolph Ziggler and Goldberg. All right, let me let me just point out that I had said this last night with Ralph that I hope this is the first match because you know this is going to be a five minute match anyway. So, <laughs> and I totally disagree what they're doing to Dolph Ziggler because I actually like Dolph Ziggler and I think it's bullshit right. and I think it's just a big. You know, obviously get a star on the SummerSlam card as Goldberg and to have him be uh, redeem himself for his humiliating performance at Super Showdown. <laughs> so fia- That fiasco that I have not watched. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to. Uh, but, of course, me and Rob both chose Goldberg. Cause right. Even though I did hear a rumor that they wanna, they may want to throw a curve, it's very unlikely to have Dolph take a win over him. But I, Well, that's I'm, it. I mean, like, have they built up Dolph Ziggler enough to take a win over Goldberg? Yeah, no, that, that's, the, that's thing. the other thing. Right, so, you know. So who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Dolph, uh, sorry, Goldberg. Okay, all right. Not know? a surprise there. Um, well, that's the thing, you know, like I said, there's who you want to win and then there's who like, yeah. you know, the booker is going with. Okay. You know? And so, you know, if, if I'm being a realist, <laughs> you know, I've got to go with Goldberg. Yep. Now we're on to the next match, which is AJ Styles and Ricochet, which should be a fantastic match. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Guys coming up from NXT to have different matches with different people. Absolutely. You know, I'm just glad to see AJ Styles finally getting some finally getting some love after languishing for so many years on impact i mean full disclosure i am a fan of impact i do watch it but i mean for him to leave there was the best thing for him right you know but um me and Rafa both said that um although ricochet would be a you know to put the title back on him is not a bad choice but i they're really rolling with the club right now right so Plus, i don't uh, it's i think it's too quick for another title change yeah and I think it's just going to build more storyline between Styles and Ricochet. I think Ricochet is going to benefit in the end working with Styles, and he'll get his big win. Right, because like losing a match is not always a bad thing. I mean, look at Austin against Bret Hart at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Bret Johnson, I don't think Austin ever beat Bret Hart. <laughs> right, but 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 the thing is, is like you know, it's it's uh, you know, people always say to you know, wins and losses matter, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, they do, but just because you. You know, just because you lose doesn't always mean you, you come out looking bad. I mean, right. you know, and uh, uh, yeah, so like that, that, that's the thing. I mean, Ricochet, I first saw him as Prince Puma in Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not get to see him when he was on New Japan. Okay. So, I mean, AJ Styles, I saw him for years on Impact. I mean, and, you know, like I said, Ricochet is kind of like the next, you know, the next evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's where like AJ Styles was, and now like you know the next kind of step is is, you know, is Ricochet because like I mean, the guy's like an aerial artist. I mean, it's, oh absolutely. Know. So Styles, the Styles, his he's got some phenomenal. Oh obviously. yeah, right. But I'm just saying like he's a little bit older. He's going to be slowing down a few steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, it's the hair. <laughs> uh, well, see, like you and Ralph. I mean, you know. We, <laughs> you could spend like a whole show just talking about shitty haircuts, mm-hmm. and, you know. And and I have to say, like, I'm not a fan of AJ Styles' emo haircut. No, yeah, he's so it's the go. soccer mom. It, it gets it over. Right. Next is uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. Yeah. Um, me and Ralph obviously chose Bray Wyatt because uh, rumor has it Finn Balor is going to take a couple months off right. to rest up, maybe get her get married. I don't know what he's doing, but. Right. Um, also, it's just regular Finn Balor, so I think Bray Wyatt's going to pick up the win, 
and really put the you know the beating on Finn Balor. So Finn Balor comes back as the demon, and it sets up future matches, which I think are going to be phenomenal. Right, and I think you guys are both correct because if Finn Balor beats Bray Wyatt and the story ends, where, where yeah. you know, what do you do from there? Yep. Although I have to say this though, I I think one like one person I would love to see as a heel is probably Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. You know, I just from I, I didn't get a chance to see him when he was on New Japan because he is a you know he is a founding member of the Bullet Club. Right. Well, Robin mentioned sticking him in the club. Right. Um, I don't know how much t- I know he spent time with Anderson. I don't know how much time he spent with with Styles. You know, so. I'm sure they would mesh really well together, but I'm just saying, like, from, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, could benefit from a heel turn. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, now we're on to the next match, which is Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If Owens loses, he will be forced to quit WWE. Right. Um, I don't think this should come as a surprise to anybody. I'm, I'm sure I'm agreeing with, you know, Ralph and Greg, and I'm going to pick uh, Kevin Owens for the win. Well, actually, you're just agreeing with Ralph. I, oh, okay. I had chosen... Um... Shane McMahon because as much as I don't like Shane McMahon hogging, uh, hogging the, the TV time um, it's really kind of put Kevin Owens over mm-hmm. and uh, as sad as to say he's kind of doing the whole Stone Cold persona right. and he's got the McMahon to feud with yeah. I don't think the feud's going to end I think it's just going to keep pushing Kevin Owens further and further so I think Shane McMahon's going to pick up the win and I think it's going to further the storyline, and Kevin Owens will obviously get his job back somehow, kind of like Austin did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going with Shane in this one. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, throwing, a, I'm throwing a joker in there. So. Okay, that's, that's not – actually, your, 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 your logic makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is, like, I'm not a fan of these kind of matches because, like – It never sticks. <laughs> yeah, it never sticks. So, I mean, obviously, you know, so, I mean, what's to be gained by it? Yeah, so uh, – I had actually thought since um, last night at SmackDown they put the Aleister Black and Sami Zayn match on that was supposed to take place at SummerSlam. Maybe Sami Zayn would actually cost Kevin Owens the match. Maybe starting up a feud there again. He's Canadian hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? I mean, they need to do something. So actually, that's the one thing I kind of liked when they when they had Owens and Zayn together as heels. I you know because that's yep. the thing. I mean. I saw um, Owens when he was Ring of Honor champion. He wrestled as Kevin Steen back then, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a, he's like a monster heel. I mean, even in NXT, you know, he, he I, he's one of those guys that's almost better as a natural heel, right? Um, you know, but I mean, he does a decent job at playing playing both. And uh, you know, if they can recapture even some of the magic they even half the magic they had with you know with Vince and and, and Austin, you know, yeah. Like I said, that's why I think it's going to keep going. Right. So, so the next is a world title match, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. See, uh, I like this match because it has a little bit of a story to it. You mm-hmm. know, I like the fact that, you know, Kofi Kingston brought up that that whole thing about Randy Orton derailing his pushback in, what was it, 2010? Yeah. And Orton <laughs> saying that if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have gotten that push right. to win the world title at WrestleMania. Yeah. So uh, we have a split. I'm going with Kofi. Ralph's going with Mr. RKO here. Okay, I, I'm going to have to agree with you and go with Kingston. I okay. think, you know, I think he's been champion 120 days, so four months just isn't long enough for, you know, yeah. Yeah. for a title change. Um, so, um, actually, I'll uh, we'll, I'll skip over the next two matches, actually, because I wanted to um, actually like these two matches 
the two women's matches. I Got wanted it. to kind of talk about that. But, sure. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Another split. Ralph is going with Brock Lesnar. I'm going with Seth Rollins. And I'm going to have to disagree with you this time and agree with Ralph. And I'm okay. going to go with Brock Lesnar. Wow. Okay. Because, like I said, I, I feel like, you know, unless, unless we're going to go, you know, if we're going to start following Vince Russo's playbook, I'm not a big fan of, like, you know, short mm-hmm. title reigns. You know, okay. meaning, like, longer than a, a couple of months. I right. Mean, okay. Well, we can't be friends anymore, so. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's been a pleasure being on this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you agree with Ralph, or you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> anyway, so um, the reason I... swerve. You it, see, like, you know, like, the only thing that's missing from here is, like, you didn't refer to me as your best friend. Uh, see, people, that's Wrestling 101, all right? If you're watching wrestling and someone refers to someone else as their best friend, that person is so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And that's why you're the professor. You should have won that trivia contest. I should have, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah, but but I, then if I won, we couldn't continue the feud. That's I mean, right, because I, I really think Ralph cheated. So we'll have another <laughs> one. Don't worry. So the reason I skipped over the two women matches, because I'm actually looking forward to these two matches. Um, both matches, they're not clear-cut heel versus face. Right. Um, and as I said last time, I mean, having faces versus faces and heels versus heels is sometimes a good thing. Right. It changes up the dynamic. Yep, going back to uh, the old school method there, the attitude error, you know, not choosing who you cheer for. So. Right. Hey, I like that. I mean, you know, cheer for who you want to cheer for. Right. The only thing I, the only thing I don't like about that is, um, and that's something that kind of goes back to the Bullet Club, not exclusive to the Young Bucks, so this is this is not a bash. Wow, you really just want to cost this friendship. I yeah. see. Okay, go ahead. Uh, no, but I'm just saying the one the one thing I, I, I don't like is when they want to use they want all the advantages of being a heel, but they want to be loved like a face. Okay, you yeah. know. So I'm saying if you're gonna be a heel, be a hated heel. Mm-hmm. You know. And if you're going to be a face, be a love. You know, like Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano got all the love, and Tommaso Ciampa just went for all the hate. That's right. And he soaked it up like a sponge. (laughs) Or like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I mean, you know, going back to the best friends thing, like, you know, Sami Zayn got his got his Cinderella story, you know, his Cinderella story completed. He got to win the, the NXT world title. Out comes his best friend, Kevin Owens, to celebrate with him, and bam, he just fucked him hard. I mean... Best friends, you're fucked. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so the first women's match is the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bailey versus Ember Moon. Right. Me and Ralph both chose Bailey because we just don't believe that Bailey's going to get the title yanked from her just yet. And I think that's correct. I'm, I'm agreeing with you and, and with Ralph, um, so I don't know if we can still be friends. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a Flip little bit. All right, yeah, it's a little bit. So it's right. getting there. But that's the thing. Ember Moon is definitely deserving of a women's title. So if they were to put that title on her, I don't think that would be a bad choice. I mean, she is amazingly talented, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing. I mean, but Bailey has worked her ass off, you know. Right. And she, you know, with all the titles they've been given to, you know, to other superstars, you know, on the women's division. Jesus, I'd like to see, you know, I agree with you guys. I'd like to see Bailey just keep it a little bit longer. Right. Yep. And the final match is the submission match with Becky Lynch and Natalia, the other hometown hero. Right. Uh, now, a submission match would definitely give the advantage to Natalia. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and well, and the hometown crowd advantage, you'd like to think. Right. Well, me and Ralph both started with Becky Lynch, Mm -hmm. and then thinking about it, we changed our pick to Natalia, 
um, thinking that, you know, which we had talked about before the show, Becky Lynch is kind of over now where she doesn't need the title to be big. Right. And, and that's I, a good assumption. And I have a feeling that uh, Ronda Rousey is going to make her return at SummerSlam and cost Becky Lynch the title and uh, give Natalya the hometown win. Right. I, I have to respectfully disagree with your Ronda Rousey theory only because um, if we were closer to WrestleMania, yeah, mm-hmm. that would probably be, you know, or another, or, or if this were a match closer to SummerSlam. Right. You know, I mean, obviously it is SummerSlam, but what, what I'm getting at is like another match between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey would be like, you know, a SummerSlam WrestleMania style match. Uh-huh. You know, you don't just waste that on a, a like a, you yeah pay per view like a rumble or, or yeah, rumble. well no you could do a you know but I'm saying like unless it's a big five yeah. you know t- type of pay per view you're not gonna waste it on a fully loaded or unforgiven right. yes I did make a reference to retired pay per views <laughs> <laughs> I will not feign which my has in- its own section now on the WWE network <laughs> for nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> Nice plug. Yeah, even though yeah they have tier plans now. So, but so I mean, I definitely like to see Natalia win. There's another definitely underrated wrestler. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you're a little bit more familiar with the current product than I am, so maybe you could answer a question for me. Has Natalia ever held the Raw Women's title or the SmackDown Women's She's title? She's held the Divas title. I know she held the Divas title because I was mm-hmm. going to say that that was the last title I can remember her holding. I don't and know. I believe she's... she held the SmackDown Women's Championship. Okay, so I'll have to look that up. <laughs> so, well, there's there's nothing wrong with like you know. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all their friggin' title reigns. I, I know. Well, that's why I asked you because I couldn't remember if she. Well, had like it. I said, I, the more notable one is the, the Divas title. Right. Um. So let's just say for, and, until we have a definitive answer on that one, mm-hmm. we'll say it's the Divas title. Right. You know, that she's held. And so she. she it was the SmackDown Women's title. Okay. So, yes. You that know. I knew she held one of the titles, and it's the SmackDown Women's okay. title. So, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I definitely think she, does, you know, is a deserving enough woman to, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, what I say about what I mean deserving enough woman, I mean, I, I just mean that, like, she's, you know, she's like Bailey. She works her ass off. She's talented, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, obviously, she's not going to be as over as a Becky Lynch or, you know. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's like I'd love to see her win, but then, you know, you don't want to derail that Becky Grunge money train just yet. I mean. <laughs> I think you could derail it. I don't like her anymore anyway, so. Well, that's the thing. We could probably spend a whole episode talking about just <laughs> Becky Lynch and what, what they did right and what they did wrong. You know? That's right. Becky Lynch, what they did right and wrong, and bad haircuts in the WWE. Yes. It's a whole other show. So who's your final pick in that? I didn't. Uh, I'm going to go with Becky Lynch. Okay. So and you... so if you look at my overall list, I don't see much really changing title-wise. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, every once in a while you do get those you get those cards where, like, you almost have no title change. Well, actually, yeah, last SummerSlam, actually, uh, either all or most of the titles changed hands. Right. So. Well, sometimes you do get ones where all change, but then mm-hmm. sometimes you get ones where they don't change. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so as long as they're good five-star matches, I mean, you know... I'm I'm happy. Yeah, well, as long as I beat Ralph in this, so that's all that matters to me. <laughs> what is it? You got money on the line? Or yeah, actually, just... I think we're throwing some money on the line. Yeah. So if you want to get in on that, no, that's all right. A fool <laughs> is money. You know, the professor's not a fool. 
<laughs> because honestly, I think this whole thing is rigged. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. So was the trivia. It's rigged. <laughs> Ralph saw the answers. He snuck into my backpack. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to take this show home. We can't leave Canada without paying tribute to the hometown hero, the real hometown hero of Canada. <laughs> What is this? We mentioned Canada and the Heart Show. <laughs> that was a great line. It was. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, Bret Hart. I, he's going to actually be there, which is a surprise, because he showed up at AEW and held up the title. Yeah. And now he's showing up on uh, WWE. Well, so. that's the thing. If he's not exclusive, he should be able to show up wherever he wants I, to show I know, up. So. That just, but, is it, but wasn't that the great thing about the Monday Night War, is that people could show up wherever the hell they wanted? I know. Look at Rick Rude. I mean, he showed up on two shows <laughs> on the same night. Yeah. And DX was like, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm uh, you know, I don't want to, I was really looking forward to the Monday Night Raw this past week, and uh-huh. I actually posted on Facebook I was looking forward to it, and it was a big letdown. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to this card. Um, I just hope it's not a huge letdown, so. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I know what you mean. There, there, there's always times when you want something, you, you expect something to happen, you want something to happen, and it doesn't, and it leaves you with a, uh, you know, with a, a dissatisfied feeling, you know, mm-hmm. but that's the thing, you know, you got to take the ups with the downs, you know, I mean, I've had them too, right, and, uh, you know, like with Sting and, and, and uh, Starcade uh, 98, mm-hmm. you know, how that whole storyline ended, I wasn't happy with it, I mean, I'm sure a lot of other people weren't happy with it, but uh, life goes on, you just got to maintain that passion for wrestling. That's right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are out, we will be... Coming to you on Facebook and social media on Sunday and on Saturday for TakeOver. So, till next week, Lockwood will be back. Thank you, Marty, the professor, for showing up this week and well, thank you for having carrying me. the slack. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Cross County Kid. And Lockwood, you can go straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs>